2: What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year and welcome back. As promised, we are back for the wildcard round, the DFS OGs back in the building. So, again, hope everybody had a good New Year's out there. We're ready to turn the page. And, guys, it's playoff time. Always a fun weekend to kick off the playoffs, unfortunately, for you guys. But this slate leaves a lot to be desired. But we're still going to be here giving you our favorite plays. And we bring in my fellow OGs ringing in the New Year here, Victorious Head Chopper Boys. How are we doing, Nona? Let's start with you. How'd the New Year's go?
3: Yeah, it went pretty good. Uh, didn't do much. We were home by 10 o'clock or so. Uh, put the kid to bed, and then uh, I think we were asleep by like 12.05. So nothing too exciting uh, on our end, but definitely excited for uh, this playoff slate. I always love this time of year. Not only do, do we get to sweat every single play, but uh, there's a lot of action uh, this time of year for DFS. Uh, you can pretty much get as much action as you want, whether you're playing you know, head-to-heads, tournaments, whatever a huge contest around the industry. So it should be a lot of fun, even though these games aren't uh, as appealing as uh, we would like them to be.
2: And I know golf's kicking off here as well. So you want to plug anything for golf while we're here, Derek?
3: Yeah, this week only. Uh, everything is free for premium or not. For, everything that is normally premium is free for everyone. So uh, be sure to check that out. We have a uh, you know CVR. We have uh, articles by myself. Uh, Justin Van zuden uh, a number of other guys, so a lot of great content there, and it's free for this week, only. There
2: you go. Chop, how's 2019 treating you, brother?
4: Oh, man, you know, same old stuff another year, man, just keeps on rolling by. Uh, it was okay. Uh, New Year's was all right. Same old thing, pretty much, uh, you know, let the kids pop their fireworks and do their thing, and I pretty much don't get involved with it too much, but... Uh, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, it's a fun time of year. I'm glad. I'm Like, when New Year's is over, it signifies that college football is pretty much completely over with. So, I'm glad it's over with this year, man. That was a long journey we went on with that thing last minute this year. But uh, I'm glad it's over with because it lightens up the workload a little bit. I'm looking forward to kicking back and watching some real football that's very meaningful these next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. So we'll start with Wild Card. Before we get to that, one more holiday story. I spent about the last two hours taking down decorations, and and the wife talked me in this year. We normally have the fake tree. You pull it up from the basement, you plug it in, you're good to go. For some reason, she wanted a real tree, so we did the whole go out to the forest, cut down the tree, put it up. But, man, the worst part is dismantling that thing. You take the ornaments off, you take the lights off, I swear to God, my entire carpet was covered in pine needles from one end to the other end, outside, inside. Just an absolute disaster. So I think a one and done for me on the real trees. You guys, real (laughs) trees, fake trees. What's going on with your houses? Because if you don't use a real tree, I'm telling you right now, don't do it. You guys use any real trees or you guys artificial?
4: I got a fake tree. We got a fake tree. We stuff it up in the attic, pull it out after Thanksgiving my wife assembles it three easy pieces the kids decorate it real fast um, I, I wouldn't i would not go back to, we've had real trees before and i would not go back
2: yeah don't do it i'm picking pine needles out of everywhere no no please
3: tell me if yeah, i like the it. idea yeah, fake tree for me. I like the idea of a real one, but uh, I don't think I could do it. You know, I had one growing up, a fake tr- or a real tree, uh, which was always fun. But uh, I can't believe you chopped it down yourself. For me, I would just go to the tree lot or something.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fun to go out in the forest. So tree lot's too easy. She wanted to make it challenging, clearly, and, and see what kind of man, <laughs> test my manhood. So, you know, put on, put on my flannel, grew the beard a little extra long, and went down and hacked some shit down. So, so that was fun, taking it down... <laughs> No fun. But you guys aren't here to talk Christmas trees. We're here to talk football. So let's get started. Four games for us. Obviously, two Saturday, two on Sunday. So we'll give you games from all angles here. Picks, fades, even some betting picks. We'll get into some of that as well, guys. So let's start. Indy at Houston leads us off. 435 Eastern. Houston, small favorite, one and a half. The line. The, the total's gone up to about 49 now. So clearly and easily the highest total on this slate. So Derek, let's start with you here. The the Colts obviously went into Tennessee, got the job done, but it's a Houston team playing well. You know, there's a lot of steam on the Colts here in the betting market. Where do you come out there? And then as far as DFS-wise, I think there's a lot of plays, and this will probably be the most popular game on the slate.
3: Yeah, definitely the most intriguing. You mentioned the high total. Uh, The rest of the games just don't really have any shootout potential, and this is the one that you could see going off, you know, 30 to 27, something like that. I think the market uh, is pretty good Uh, with a a one-and-a-half point spread. If I had to choose, I'd probably lean toward Indianapolis. I just trust Luck a little bit more than I do Deshaun Watson. But uh, I think they're the two best quarterbacks of the slate. Uh, If you look at Houston's defense, they were number one against the run uh, in DVOA and 18th against the pass. I don't think this is a very good spot uh, for Marlon Mack, so I do expect Luck to air it out quite a bit. Had 39 and 27 fantasy points against Houston in their two meetings this season. So if I can, I'm going to be looking to pay up for him uh, as often as I can. And then you can pair him up with Hilton. You can pair him up with Ebron. Uh, Ebron did have a couple big games against Houston earlier this season. He's a big red zone threat. And uh, pretty much the best way to beat Houston has been with tight ends so far this season. And we know about uh, Hilton. You know, he's got such a great track record against Houston throughout his career, especially in Houston. This is indoors. So uh, I definitely think you can do that triple stack. Now on the other side, uh, yeah, don't mind Watson. Certainly think he's viable, but I think you can get most of his production through DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't really have a whole lot of other options to work with. It does sound like Kiki Cutie is going to be back for this one, so not really sure how many snaps he's going to play. Don't know if I want to play Carter or QT, so I'll probably just play Hopkins instead. Uh, by far the best wide receiver of the slate, pretty much an autoplay in my eyes. I also like Lamar Miller. Uh, running back's a pretty ugly position after Zeke, and I think with Lamar you can get, you know, 15 carries, three or four targets, and if you get the touchdown, then uh, you're really in business. So I like this game a lot, and uh, it'll probably be my heaviest exposure game, uh, probably like everyone else.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to not like the, both sides of this game. And you talked about Andrew Luck. You, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton at home, Chop. This is something that we brought up uh, years and years, and if you look at it, 12 for 199 this year. Nine for 175 and two last year in Houston. I mean, you can go all the way back to 2013, 33 fantasy points, 32 fantasy points in 2014. We don't need to go that far back. The point is this is a matchup and a stadium that this dude loves playing. And not to mention that, Houston been terrible against number one wide receivers and awful against quarterbacks to close the season here. So reasons not to play these guys, chop.
4: No, no reasons. Like you said at the beginning here, man, this is, uh, this is about as ugly of a four game playoff slate as you're going to find. Like the defenses are stout and the offenses, um, a lot of them aren't jumping off the page. So with this 48 total, you got to take advantage of it. And, uh, You know, next week it'll be totally different. We'll be here with four games, and I can promise you we'll be talking about all the offense when the Rams and the Saints and Chiefs and these guys kick in. But this week it's all about the defense. I got a feeling even winning tournaments is going to take just not airballing any spots in your lineup this week. You don't necessarily have to have, like, the guy who's going to go for 40 or whatever on that week because I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be about building a lineup that just doesn't have a weak spot in it. And so, uh, yeah, I think you take advantage of it. I'm pretty much reiterate what Derek said. Hopkins, probably the best on the weekend. I don't mind QT following him up. Miller actually doesn't look terrible. Deshaun, maybe the best quarterback on the slate. On the other side, Hilton. You know, Hilton and Ebron combine for the vast majority of the target share in this offense. So Hilton's exceptional. Ebron's exceptional with the matchup. Luck is good. The only other thing I would say that differs from Derek is if Ryan Kelly is healthy and active for this game, I will have some Marlon Mack because I like him a little bit more if that offensive line is fully healthy. I think I think uh, Mack proved me this year that when his offensive line is healthy, he can run on anybody and he'll go very, very under-owned with this matchup. So that's the only thing I would differ from Derek.
2: Yeah, and then that's an under the radar thing we talk about all the time. Most people aren't looking at offensive lines and things like that. It's all about the skill position players. But I'm with you. That that's a big piece of news. And, and running back is really gross on the slate. I mean, you have two studs, and then you have a lot of question marks here. So I honestly think that's where people will be able to differentiate things. Mac probably not a guy that a lot of people will play. But you know, betting wise, chop. What do you what do you think here? We got Houston minus one and a half total, 48 and a half, 49, depending on where you look, any strong plays on either one of those?
4: Yeah, it's, uh, I just can't see Houston getting bounced in the first round here. So the spread is so tight that it's basically a pick em. It's only one and a – I got to go Houston here. These totals are totally up for grabs on all four of these games. I, it's really tough to figure those out. But as far as uh, this game right here, I would lean Houston. I just don't, I just don't think they get bounced in the first round. They're just too good of a team. So I'm going to lean Houston here.
2: And a lot of people lean in Indy. That seems to be the public direction. 59% of the money uh, on, the, on the spread. 70% of the money is on the over in this game right now. So always smart to be different than the public. All right, next game for us. The totals are going to start to go down and down. It's almost like temperatures as we get deeper <laughs> into the slate. Things get worse. So we go to Saturday Night Chop. We got your Cowboys at home sitting at about minus one uh, against Seattle total. Of 42 and a half, 43, depending on where you look. So this is an intriguing game. I mean, Seattle, we know, can go on the road and get things done. We've seen them do it in years past. It's a, a playoff-tested team. Your Cowboys, also a team that, that have made deep runs in the playoffs here in recent years. So something's got to give here. I think this is the most intriguing game on the slate, just as far as watching it from a, from a football fan's perspective, but DFS-wise. Zeke Elliott, yes, is a stud on this slate. Outside of that, there's not a ton here that I'm excited about. How about you, Chuck?
4: No, not super exciting, and but that's what we're going to get from these next three games. None of them is going to be exciting. So, I mean, Elliott's the number one running back for me on the slate. Uh, I got I just I think we're going to get a huge workload here, and so I think I'm going to pay the premium to get that workload. Uh, if I'm looking at the game from a spread perspective again i don't want to touch the total here because the way seattle's been playing this year i could definitely see them uh really bogging this thing down and making it ugly and you know limiting possessions and all that other stuff so i don't want to touch the total but dallas at home i'll I'll go with the home favorite again here it's it's such a low point spread i'll go with the home favorite again but Elliot's my favorite running back on the slate uh Man, I'm not stoked on the passing game here. I I don't mind Dak Prescott because he can run it too. So, but uh, Elliott in that game earlier this year in Seattle, where Seattle won, you know, he he averaged almost eight yards a carry on this defense. They just got behind and he couldn't get a full load of carries. I got a feeling that's going to be different this week. Another thing about that original game they played, and you know, you can't take a a lot from it back in like week three or four or something like that. It was a long time, but uh, they didn't have. Cooper, so it's a different outlook here, but the tight end was the leading receiver in that game. It wasn't Blake Blake Jarwin, but Jarwin's obviously proven these last couple of weeks. He's the leading tight end now. So if I'm looking for a tight end that's gonna be different than Eric Ebron, who's gonna garner the most ownership, I think, and then Zach Ertz, who's the best tight end, but with a terrible matchup, I think you could be different with, with, with Jarwin here and go and that could be your pass catching tight end. He looked really good last week. He's been getting a bigger market share. I expect a big game out of him. And on the flip side, Seattle's traveling on the road, tough defense. They want to grind it down. My favorite play on that team is Doug Baldwin. But, you know, that's like – it's just tough, man. A a 21-team total in a game where Dallas has a good defense at home and they can control the ball too away and keep it away from Seattle. That's just – it's tough to get excited about anybody on that side.
2: Yeah, and, and like we've talked about, this slate, you're going to have to dig and you're going to feel uncomfortable and you got to find guys that, that maybe you don't like clicking the button. But Seattle, Derek, I'm having a really hard time getting excited about any of these guys. I'm back to Dallas. I agree with Chop. It's it's Zeke. I mean, he's going to get a ton of touches, 23 touches or more, in seven straight games. Seattle struggles against pass-catching running backs, but I also think uh, Mari Cooper could be interesting here. 25th in DVOA are the Seahawks against number one wide receiver. So. I think that would give you a different path than, than a lot of people are going to take. But hard to fade Zeke on the slate. So what are you doing with Zeke, the rest of the Cowboys, and Seahawks?
3: Yeah, I think the two most obvious plays are going to be Zeke and DeAndre Hopkins. And if we're going to play both of them, then we're going to have to find value somewhere. And that's kind of the most challenging part of this slate. Um, I do think uh, you got to play Zeke. I mean, he's going to see 25-plus touches most likely. I'm worried about the overall pace of the game. Uh, you guys mentioned Seattle running it a lot. They're fourth in the NFL in run play percentage. Dallas is 10th, so this could be one of those uh, grinded-out games, kick a field goal at the end to win. Uh, but if you're, if you're going for value, uh, don't mind the Blake Jarwin call, like Chop mentioned. Uh, my natural tendency is to fade the guy coming off of the three-touchdown game, but he did have uh, you know seven targets in weeks 14 and 15, so trying to get him involved a little bit more. And if you want to go super off the radar, uh, don't mind looking to Gallup. Uh, he's only 3,600 on DraftKings. He's been getting deep targets. Uh, and he's had at least six in five of his last six games. So, uh, the targets are there just a matter of, uh, whether he connects with, uh, Dak or not, but I am a little bit worried about Dak in this one. He historically struggles against zone defense. Uh, and he's just, he struggled in his two career meetings against the Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure if I want to play Dak. Um, Cooper I do like that as sort of a leverage play but I think you still got to play him with Zeke and then in that case you're hoping for a shootout so you would probably want to bring it back with somebody from Seattle I'm just not really sure if I want to play anybody on this team Uh, Carson's been getting a ton of workload but don't really love him in this spot he's kind of expensive Uh, it's kind of hard to fit him with some of the other studs so I kind of agree with you. I'd probably play Baldwin a little bit and that's just about it for me on Seattle.
2: All betting right, batting-wise, it looks like the public's on Seattle here. The the spread open at two and a half. We're down to one. Uh, the total uh, public is on the over. It's gone from 41 and a half to 43. Derek, you got to lean on either of those two.
3: When it comes to the playoffs, I typically trust the coach and the quarterback, uh, and I don't really trust Deck or uh, you know, Dallas's coach. So I'll go Seattle, but I kind of want Dallas to win.
2: All right, I just brokered a bet here between Chop and Noto right on the pod. You guys slide into those DMs and you, you figure something out, take the juice out of the equation. Let's move out to Sunday. Totals are going down here, 41 and a half here for Chargers and Ravens. Another game I'm looking forward to watching, Derek, but DFS-wise, again, it, it's another game. I mean, Baltimore's basically been Lamar Jackson or Bust, and the Chargers, tough spot here against a very good defense, a team that beat them. In their own building. Now they got to go on the road. Some reason they're playing the one o'clock game, which makes no sense to me, but very tough spot here for the Chargers. A lot of people's, you know, darling to make it to the Super Bowl. Do they even survive this game here in Baltimore?
3: Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I expected to play better than they did uh, in their last meeting where they lost by 12 to Baltimore. But yeah, from a fantasy standpoint, it's hard to get excited about the Chargers offense. Baltimore is number three in DVOA against the pass, number six in DVOA against the run. Melvin Gordon's a bit banged up. Uh, we know Baltimore has some really big physical corners on the outside with Jimmy Smith and company. So if I'm targeting anyone from uh, the Chargers, it's probably going to be Keenan Allen. I think the best way for them to attack this defense is over the middle. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see if Hunter Henry ends up playing. It sounds like if he does, he's going to be on a, a pitch count. So don't know if I want to go there, but he is really cheap. He's one of the ways you can you know, punt the position and then uh, spend up elsewhere. But I think Keenan Allen is probably going to be my guy from the Chargers. And then on Baltimore, uh, I'm probably just going to play Lamar Jackson. I think on DraftKings, he's probably the, the safest uh, quarterback option. And then on FanDuel, Luck's a little bit cheaper than Jackson, so I'll probably lean that route. But uh, he just has such a high floor. Um, he's had 16 fantasy points or more born every single start so far this season. And, you know, he's just going to leave it all out there. So uh, when it comes to the running backs, probably get a slight edge to Edwards over Dixon, um, but not a strong lean one way or the other. And not really sure I want to target any of his pass catchers because I do think they're going to try to uh, keep the ball on the ground and uh, move the clock as much as they can.
2: couple pricing notes. Lamar Jackson is the cheapest of the eight quarterbacks over on Yahoo. Somehow, you know, on FanDuel DraftKings, he's priced up at Yahoo. He's cheaper than Foles, Rivers, everybody. So $25 over there really stood out to me. And then you mentioned Hunter Henry. That's a guy I'm willing to roll the dice on. At DraftKings, he's 2500 So if we get word that he's going to play, even if it's limited, they're going to utilize him in the red zone. And a touchdown is pretty much all you need there. In Baltimore, that's the one spot you can kind of pick on this defense. You mentioned it there with Keenan Allen. I agree there. But I think Hunter Henry could be an intriguing play. Risky, wouldn't use him if you're playing cash games. But – Tournaments twenty five hundred on DraftKings specifically. I really like that play. Chop thoughts there, Hunter Henry. Of the betting market here: Ravens and Chargers.
4: Yeah, I mean, if this was uh, just a middle of the season game where LA, where the Chargers had to travel cross country like this and play the early game on a Sunday, I would I would definitely favor Baltimore. But since it's the playoffs and since there's such a priority on this and they'll get the traveling situated, and I mean, I'm going to lean towards the Chargers here because I just think that ultimately they're a better all-around team, and I think that's going to shine through in this game. So I'm going to lean towards the Chargers to pull the upset. Uh, I like the Hunter Henry thing that you mentioned. I think that's huge for this team. Like, he's going to be back this week, and, man, that's just huge for Phillip Rivers. He's got a lot of weapons now. I think they turn this thing – like, it's a good defense for Baltimore. But in the playoffs recently, from what I've seen, good offenses beat good defenses now. It used to be the other way around where good defense beat the offenses. But offenses are so versatile these days. A really good offense beats a really good defense. I think that's what happens in this game. I think the Chargers come out. of like Hunter Henry as a tight end. I like uh, I like the Keenan Allen call, I like that Keenan Allen play. I think Melvin Gordon gets extremely active out of the backfield catching balls in this game. They're going to do all these little things to the Baltimore defense to try to throw them off. And all these all these guys are going to catch short passes. I don't think they, I don't think it's a big Mike Williams or Tyrell game. I like all these little check downs to these guys. I think they move the ball that way. So I like Phillip Rivers, man. I think this is a. I think he's going to advance in this in this playoff, and it's going to start this week. So. On the flip side, Lamar Jackson, yeah, like you said, he's a cheap, the cheapest option on Yahoo. That's the guy I have plugged in right now. Uh, I like Kenneth Dixon over Gus Edwards, and Dixon is one of my top three or four backs this weekend in general based on price. And Mark Andrews, another tight end. I think I think ultimately in spots where you have flex this week, maybe you could play a Mark Andrews or a Hunter Henry in your flex along with a Zach Ertz or Ebron or something because some of these tight ends don't stand out to me. We haven't, you know, outside of Hopkins and T.Y., I haven't seen a, you know, a wide receiver that I feel good about. And Baltimore, man, I know it's the playoff. I wouldn't touch any of the John Brown, Crabtree, Sneed. none of these guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson just can't get him the ball in a good spot these days. So I can pass on all these uh, wide receivers and go straight to Mark Andrews.
2: So, Chop, I got a question for you. What's up? You, you, you're picking the Chargers here. You're picking offense over defense. Are you telling me defense doesn't matter, Chuck?
4: Oh man, that's the ultimate. <laughs> it's the ultimate. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely rooting for the Baltimore to win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> all those guys on Twitter can, they can get it thrown back at them. But in this game, man, I just think the better offense is gonna. Yeah, I mean, I'm of course I think defenses matter, but uh, in this particular game, I just think Philip Rivers is just too good to get bounced in the first round. As tough of a matchup as it is. He's got too many weapons with Hunter Henry back. I think he's going to find a way to pick it apart.
2: Yeah, public seems to be on the Chargers, and the total's about split here, about 51-49. So it's gone down slightly, but, you know, that one's kind of up in the air. I think I'm with you, Chop. I think it's a game the Chargers can win. So even a little bit on the money line, maybe uh, make a few extra dollars. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Eagles and Bears, the Sunday afternoon game. Bears sitting about minus six. Uh, total sitting at about 41. So we continue to drop here. Chop the Eagles. Can they do it again? Can Nick Foles pull this off again? I mean, this is a tough spot going into Chicago. You know, Chicago-Baltimore, clearly the best two defenses on this slate. Foles a little banged up. What's it going to take for them to pull this miracle off again?
4: Well, I mean, it's basically a miracle that they're here in the first place. I mean, I, I definitely wrote them off for dead after they lost to the Cowboys. And then we looked at their schedule and they had the Rams coming up. And they were already behind the eight ball. And then Carson Wentz got hurt. I for sure thought that they were going to be, uh, there's no way they were making the playoffs and here they are, man. So I, I can't count them out. That's for sure. But yeah, I got a favor the Chicago here. I got a favor Chicago here at home with that defense and I got, I got to go with that side of it. But uh I can see them making some, making this very, very difficult with Zach Ertz being the main catalyst on offense for these guys. They've got Darren Sproles back, and he's seems healthy, and he's pretty much, based on game flow these past couple of weeks, he's been the guy who's gotten mo- the most work in this backfield. I think he's a huge weapon in this game and one of the weapons that they can use against Chicago. So if you're looking for a real super sleeper that I don't think people will be on because – Really, I mean, why would they? I think Darren Sproles could be that guy. Uh, not super in love with the wide receivers here. I think Chicago does a pretty good job on them. I think it's a Zach Ertz and a Darren Sproles game. And on the flip side there, I actually like Chicago quite a bit. I like Trubisky. He's probably my favorite quarterback of the weekend. And uh, I like him to Tariq Cohen. I think that's the weapon they're going to use. Robinson and Gabriel are fine. Uh, not, not in love with uh, Anthony Miller or Trey Burton, though. No.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Cohen. I mean, Philadelphia, we know the secondary is bad, so it'd be easy to point to the receivers. But against running backs, second most receptions, six most receiving yards allowed. So a site like DraftKings, the full PPR, it's just a guy that can give you 30-point upside in the mid-range. There's not a lot of guys you can really say that about. So, Derek, wrap us up here for the analysis, Eagles and Bears.
3: Yeah, I agree with Chop. I think this is a game where the Bears' defense plays really well, probably makes a couple big plays early, and they get out to a lead. And for that reason, I like some of the uh, Philadelphia pass catchers. They're probably going to be playing from behind. Uh, And our boy Big Dig Nick uh, leading to the Um, (laughs) promised land. Yeah, I I agree. I like Sproles quite a bit out of the backfield. I think he's a sneaky play. Um, Over the last three weeks with Nick Foles uh, as the quarterback, Hertz has 27 targets, Alshon has 18, and Nelson Aguilar has 15. So I think all three of those are interesting. I'll probably be sprinkling them throughout my lineups. Then on the other side, I do agree on Trubisky does have upside at low ownership. Uh, He's kind of been quiet since returning from injury. Um, But, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how they attack this game. The last few weeks has been the Jordan Howard show. I haven't been watching the Bears games much uh, lately. Uh, does he look spry or has he just gotten sort no, of like No, in life? no,
2: no. He's the old <laughs> deal falling into the end zone that, that we like to say. That's pretty much what he's doing. So it's tough to get excited about him. You, you mentioned Trubisky, though. We know it's a guy that plays better at home. I mean, DraftKings points 25 a game at home, 14 a game on the road. So I agree with you there.
3: Yeah, and then when it comes to the receivers, it sounds like all of them were going to be healthy. They were all kind of questionable heading into the week, but they all uh, practiced fully on Wednesday, uh, Robinson Miller and Taylor Gabriel. So it looks like that will be a full strength, which does uh, bolster uh, Trubisky's cause a little bit. And then Trey Burton's kind of a sneaky tight end option. I think it's a good week. Uh, if you could somehow fade the two big guys in Ertz and Ebron and they don't uh, end up having a big game, then one of these uh, really cheap tight ends is going to end up uh, breaking the slate, I think.
2: Trey Burton, narrative street, baby, going against his former team. He also got Alshon Jeffrey, narrative, Alshon going Man. back to Chicago. So if you want to mix in a little narrative there, uh, there's two guys for you. So that'll wrap us up. But let's let's get a couple of bold calls, maybe your favorite off-the-radar play, something along those lines, your favorite bet. we got we got to give the peeps something here, wild card weekend. So how about your favorite off-the-radar play, Derek?
3: Off-the-radar play, um, I will go
4: with Michael Gallup.
2: Michael Gallup. Chop, did he steal your off-the-radar play?
4: No, he did not. But it's not definitely not a bad play at all, though. But he didn't, he didn't steal mine. I mean, I guess what is off-the-radar is is dependent on what you, who you think is going to be popular or not. For me, I think my favorite off-the-radar guy is Taylor Gabriel.
2: Nice. I'm, I'm sticking with Hunter Henry. I I just I don't know that people are going to be comfortable clicking that button, and I agree with you guys. It's going to be Ebron Ertz. If those guys don't go off or even have a decent game and you hit a touchdown, one of these cheap guys, you're really going to put yourself in a good position. So I like Hunter Henry as long as he plays, so we'll, we'll keep our ear on that news. Favorite bet on the weekend? Got to pick one. You got eight, eight possible bets here to make. What's your favorite bet of the weekend, Chuck?
4: Houston at home, uh, and I'm not a Houston fan. I'm not saying that because I'm a Houston fan, uh, a Texans fan at least, but uh, at home with, uh, you know, pretty decent offense and QT coming back and the defense is healthy. I mean, this is as healthy as that defense has been at this time of the year in in years, Clowney and, and uh, Water, both healthy. So I know there's secondary struggle, but being at home, first round of the playoffs, Man, a, a, an exceptional quarterback. I just don't, I just can't see how they get bounced. And basically, with this the spread being this tight, they'd have to get bounced to not cover the spread. And I don't think they get beat. So I think Houston covers the spread and, and wins this game.
2: Derek, favorite bet on wild card weekend?
4: I'm going to go with
3: Chicago minus six. I just think uh, at home. Uh, with the with the better quarterback, uh, I know you know Nick Foles has been good in this spot in the past, but he's he's either really good or really bad. And against the Chicago defense, they're number one against the pass, number two against the run. I just think they're gonna have a really hard time getting things going. So, all right, Chop,
2: your turn. Hot take time here, Wild Card Weekend. Bring bring the fire. What do we got? Derek, Derek brought it there. What do we got here?
4: I'm gonna say that. The highest scoring game on this weekend by a wide margin is going to be the Chargers-Ravens game, even though it's the lowest total on the board. I think that Rivers brings his A game, and it makes Baltimore pick up the pace a little bit more in this game, and I think this one gets to be a borderline shootout.
2: There you go. I'm going to go against Derek here. I I think the Bears-Eagles game is going to have a lot more points and more scoring uh, than people realize, so I, I like the call on the Colts and Texans. I do think that one's gonna have some fireworks, but I think the Bears and Eagles go over 55 points, so easily cruise by that over there. So that's my bold call. Any hot takes, player-wise? I'm gonna say Hunter Henry two touchdowns. Beat that, chop.
4: Man, that's that's uh that's a tough one. I'm gonna say, player-wise, PPR format on DraftKings. I'll say the Kiki Q T is your—he outdoes DeAndre Hopkins this weekend, and he's a top three guy overall.
1: Whoa!
4: All right, you got to take a bold—you got to uh, take a stand somewhere, I mean, man. I like you know him. that. I threw him PPR now. PPR. I think. I think. I think we're looking at double-digit receptions. Yeah, he
2: tore up that team for last meeting. He went over. I think He had 11 catches in that game, like against Colts. So I like that call. Derek, can you get any hotter than that? Kiki Q T outscoring DeAndre Hopkins.
3: Yeah, can't can't do any better than that. But I will say uh, Darren Sproles leads the Eagles in receiving yards.
2: Boom. Nice. There you go. So a lineup with QT, Sproles, and Hunter Henry, that's going to get you any stud you want <laughs> on this lineup. So that the whole hot tip you. lineup, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna have to put and, that
4: and, and the funny thing is you really don't want very many studs. You really don't want the studs that's outside right. of maybe one of guys.
2: Any tips for the guys out there and ladies, obviously, I know they're listening too. So any, any tips how to handle a four-game slate? To me, it's, it's always don't be afraid to leave salary on the table. I mean, you, you want to make yourself unique, think differently. I think that's one way to do it. Most people are going to spend every single dollar or get as close as they can. So any tips here for a four-game slate here in the playoffs, guys?
4: I mean, for, for me, just looking at this particular slate – I know it feels counterintuitive to have a bunch of guys from one team on your roster. You feel like they're pulling away from each other, but on something this ugly where you've got all these low totals and three of these four games, whichever ones they are, could end up being total defensive battles, man, feel free to totally stack and feel comfortable stacking one game or one team that you feel good about that could win you all the money.
2: There you go. Derek, any final thoughts and tips for the people?
4: When it comes to cash games,
3: just play your optimal lineup. Let everyone else make their mistakes. Uh, no need to get really cute with your cash game lineup. And uh, if you're playing cash, it's a great week for it. Uh, Pose your head-to-heads out there. You'll get a lot of action. Uh, and, yeah, good luck this guy. Good and luck just, this week.
2: Just stomach this week. We, we got brighter, brighter pastures ahead, greener pastures, I guess it is, brighter skies ahead, you know, with all them teams we mentioned, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Saints, and the Rams to come next week. So – Much higher totals, much more exciting games coming this week. Next week, I should say. But good luck this weekend. Still plenty of big tournaments out there. Yahoo is running. They're not giving away money, but no rake on that game. $500,000 tournament. They're not taking a dollar out of the prize pool. DraftKings, a nice $1.5 million covering the four games, and FanDuel They've split things up. Their main slate is a Saturday only. So however you want to play this slate, there's plenty of ways to do it. Wouldn't go crazy. Save some of that bankroll for next week. All right, that'll wrap us up here for Wild Card Weekend, guys. We will be back for our final pod of the year next week to break down the divisional games for my boys. Head Chopper, Notorious, I am here saying salut. Best of luck this weekend, guys. And we'll see you right back here with the DFS OGs on Roto-Grinders next week.